The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. We're also brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts, the world's greatest shorts, who can you up with a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Tuesday, the 13th of June. Come on. And we are here to have a look at a full slate of games for Wednesday, June the 14th. Uh, we have a three man go tonight. Uh, first up, looking forward to a victorious Subway series. Um, actually, that could apply to either host, so I don't know. Uh, you don't know who I'm going to introduce. Uh, Dylan Rockford, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right, Malcolm. Uh, I'm actually drinking out of my Yeti right now. I got a Yeti. Ah, nice. Yetis are amazing. They keep your cold, uh, your drinks cold or hot, depending on whatever you want. But uh, doing well, grinding away uh, college football coming up soon. So just doing some research there. But other than that, can't wait to get into the games with you guys. I saw you tweeting about college football earlier on. I I haven't got time. There's not enough hours in the day. I do not know how you do it. One of the biggest things that blew my mind when I was in uh, Vegas with the boys last last autumn was Colby and people like that just telling me and knowing the rosters and the the fixtures and the scores for 120 college teams. And that, like, and these are students, these are kids, these are changing on an annual basis. Absolutely blows my mind. Like, honestly, not if I was in the day. Um, third wheel tonight, uh, we need to ask him about his weekend, if he's uh, emotionally and financially stable um, after the week at, uh, weekend at the Belmont. Uh, Scott, how are you doing? You look all right. Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, ended up uh, celebrating a little bit for Man City winning the treble, which was nice. But yes. For the sake of horse racing, it was fun. Unfortunately, it was about $19 for a beer, which was not a fun time. Oh. But, you know, that comes with the territory. Overall, it was fun, though. I go every year with some friends, so I had a good time. But for the most part, looking forward to well, the baseball slate for the next week. Unfortunately, my Yankees forgot how to hit. So we'll see if they can figure it out again. But either way, nice to be back. Yeah, we've got a bit of a mess of a Yankees thing going on here with, with you two tonight. Um, we've got a strong squad in the comments. Uh, TVDBJ has lost his crown. Uh, he's old news. He's yesterday's news. Kaysen was first in the night. Well done, Kaysen. Uh, Randy's back. Um, Captain Insano. Uh, I have squeaked into a thin lead over Captain Insano after night one in the DGEN's Fantasy League. Uh, but I had pitchers pitching and um, Captain didn't. So it's a bit lopsided at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, there's more to come on that as we go. Sphere's here as well. Um, and Trev is in. Um, he's just uh, he's further down the depth chart tonight. So, yeah, um, actually, I've got... I can take a flex each from you two boys. We'll, we'll start with you, Scott. Um, our Friday night show, The Lockdog Total, I think we did pretty well. We very nearly swept the board and... Um, I think I know we called it a lock dog total. Mine ended up dog, dog, dog. Um, but yeah, we've, we've put up some fancy prices. It, it went well. Yeah, unfortunately, the White Sox bullpen let me down again. Alcantara pitched well. I had the White Sox money line, though. And they led one nothing in the ninth inning and gave up five runs. But ended up winning with the Reds' first five plus a half with Abbott on the mound as my lock. And my total was the Diamondbacks' team total over. And that got there in five innings. So overall... Uh, back-to-back two-and-one shows for me on the Lock Dog Total Turbo Edition Friday episodes, but really close to a sweep, and then the White Sox let me down. So, uh, I mean, you take you take two and one, um, uh, one hundred and sixty-two nights of the year, and then Dylan, our Sunday night show for the Monday games, uh, big dogs again. Colorado did the business. Um, the we said yesterday the Discord channel was very. Uh, very much alive uh, with the fact that Paxton couldn't be a um, minus 200 and whatever favourite he was. And we were absolutely around Colorado, got the business done. I think uh, I went six and one, but yeah, we, we did okay there, Dylan. 
Yeah, you hit your lock on the over with the Marlins. It was just too low. So good job on that. But we didn't get uh, Oakland Athletics right. Man, they keep rolling. What is that, six in a row now for the Athletics? Yeah. They might not be the worst team. I think they caught Kansas. We said yesterday they were yeah. one game behind um, Kansas's total of 18. So, yeah, we've got a proper a proper bum fight uh, going. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun week. And some, some good series this week. Some good games on Wednesday night. Uh, for us to get our teeth into as well. Um, so let's start with... Uh, oh, loads of days ball. That's good. Uh, lots of days ball tomorrow. One ten Eastern first pitch uh, between the Atlanta Braves and the Detroit Tigers. We have AJ smith Shaver pitching for the Atlanta Braves. That's a mouthful. And Michael Lorenzen will go for the Tigers. Minus 170 on Atlanta. Plus 140 on Detroit, total of eight and a half. Dylan, lead us off. Yeah, I can't take the Braves on the money line here. A little too chalky at minus 160 or minus 165. Uh, but if we take the Braves' first five minus a half, we could get the odds down to minus 115, which is much better. So I'll take a shot there. They did have the lead in the opening game in this series. They were up 4 nothing going into the seventh. And then the Braves actually had the lead past three straight games through the first five innings. So going to eliminate the bullpen. So let's focus on the starters. I like what I've seen from, I won't say his full name, just AJ Smith in his two starts. He hasn't allowed a run yet. And we've seen him go deep into games, five innings before. So I definitely think with the way the Braves have been playing, I think they'll be able to score more runs than the Tigers will on AJ Smith. So not a big uh, Michael Lorenzo fan either. So Braves first five minus a half and minus 115. That'd be my play. Okey doke. Uh, Scott, did you find another way of getting involved in this? Uh, potentially the first five under. Unfortunately, Lorenzen kind of got shelled by Arizona, but who hasn't? Arizona's a top five offense in the league. But for the most part, I was looking at the first five under. I'm still not a fan of Detroit offensively, but pitching wise, Lorenzen's been okay so far this season. His ERA is slightly worse at home than on the road, but still 3.86. Pretty respectable. The only other way would be potentially first five under. But I don't. I don't really have a strong uh, opinion about uh, the si the side or total in this game. I'll lean to the Braves, but once again, I really just don't see much value at that big of a number. Um, yeah, first five under actually, Scott was was my pick as well. I've been. It's not a secret that I'm quite sweet on Lorenzen. He did get hit a little bit last time, but I think they just left him in a little bit too long. If it's the game I'm thinking of, um, he went along uh, for large periods of time unblemished um, and then they got to him eventually uh, Detroit managed to snap the nine game losing streak last night um, and I thought Lorenzen could hold um, Atlanta and uh, AJ Smith-Shover who has gone scoreless uh, so far in his MLB career yeah first five under uh, was the play I landed on as well 110 Eastern first pitch this is the only one sorry we've got two actually this is the first of two that are off the board um, although I do not know why they are off the board because I've seen pictures all day. We have for the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, Colin Rear, and for the Minnesota Twins, it is Bailey Ober. Um, yeah, no lines to speak of. I can give you my reading of the game. Um, Rhea is 3-3, three and three, 447 ERA, and he's been doing all right. Um, he's 3-0 in his last five. And of those five, Milwaukee have won four of them. There's been a lot of runs around in his starts. Um, not something we, we associate with the Brewers very often. 9, 18, 12 and 15 in four of those as a total. Um, really like Ober. Um, he, he's 3-3 three and three on the year as well. He's got a 2.61 ERA. He was unlucky last time against Tampa Bay. Um, that was the game that all changed in four pitches. Um, I think there was two outs and two strikes on a Arena for him to get out the fourth or the fifth inning. Um, then a Arena singled, stole a base. There was another single and then a two-run homer by Paredes. In, so in four pitches, he went from being completely and utterly in charge uh, to being three-nothing down. And that was kind of game over. Tampa Bay just squeezed the life out of it. So I, I do like Ober. Uh, these two teams are like that Spider-Man meme that you see. They're just identical. Uh, so, I think, again, no lines. Um, I would take the slightly better team, which I believe is Minnesota, with a slightly better pitcher, which I believe is over. I mean, I would price this up maybe about minus 125 Minnesota. Um, D-Rock's the man to ask, though, Dylan. What line did, would you have given this? 
Yeah, so I did see it, uh, Bailey over versus Rhea, and I made the Twins a minus one eighty favorite. I do, oh, I'm a little, shit! I'm, I'm a little higher on Bailey over, but I agree. I mean, I do see lines now on DraftKings. If you want me to give them out for you for this, yes, please. Uh, minus one fifty for the Twins, okay. plus one thirty for the Brewers. Over unders at seven and a half. Uh, I don't want to lay one fifty either. How about you? No, not really. I mean, I, I didn't think it would be as high as your minus 180. I was probably being a little bit hopeful when I said minus 125. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the unit and a half play, I'd, I'd rather take that somewhere else, although I do think Minnesota will win. Yeah, I also, I think there's some value if you really think the Twins are going to win. I, I I can't back the Brewers here. They've lost four in a row, and the Twins do have a better pitcher. Uh, plus 140 for the Twins on the run line. I think that's a, it's worth a little sprinkle as well if you think they could get the job done at home. Brewers, they're not really a good road team. So I'll fade Ray with you, I'll, but I'm going to take the plus money. I'll take the Twins on the run line. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of uh, shout-outs for Uber K props here. Uh, in the chat as well, uh, a couple of new faces, Stephen Williams and Sheck. Uh, good evening. How are we doing? Um, Scott, uh, Brewers, uh, Twins? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Twins here. Uh, if I had to guess what the line was going to be myself, I would have guessed 140. So 150 doesn't shock me. Uh, Milwaukee got swept by the A's over the weekend, but apparently it's not a bad loss anymore because they're starting to surge. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still going to go with the Twins here. Uh, simply put, Milwaukee can't hit. I see the comment section talking about Ober strikeouts as a prop that's worth taking, and I can't really yeah. disagree. Uh, his strikeouts have been kind of hit or miss, but looking at uh, his recent games, he's had at least seven strikeouts in two of the last three, and Milwaukee is currently uh, having the fourth most strikeouts per game. So the point is they strike out a lot when they're at the plate, and I do think that could result in Ober strikeouts going over, maybe a ladder, but I do think at the end of the day, Ober should pitch well. I'm really not a Rhea guy at all. I've said it several times on the show. There are worse yeah. pitchers out there, but he's not great. I think of him more as being like a long reliever type. I don't think he's the real back end of the rotation guy. I'll go with Minnesota. Maybe first five run one, I think it's a good way to take it. I really don't like Minnesota's bullpen at all. Uh, so I'll go with the first five run line with Minnesota. Seaviel's right. asking if uh, Dylan's going to crush that bottle that he's got in front of him. Uh, like like Jack Grealish has over the weekend. If you haven't caught up with any of the the post Champions League final antics, um, go on Twitter and search for Jack Grealish, who has drank everything in sight between Saturday night and he's still going today. Um, an incredible feat of endurance, um, and he's been really quite a funny uh, funny to watch and endeared himself to the English public who like a hopeless drunk. Um, but he's been in a right old state for. A full 72 hours now uh, and counting. So, yeah, go and have a little look at that. Uh, well worth it. One fifteen Eastern first pitch is the San Francisco Giants and the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Tony Disco, uh, Anthony Descafani, will go for the San Francisco Giants. And Jordan Montgomery, left-handed pitcher, draws the start for the Cards. Uh, minus 140 the Cards, plus 125 on the Giants with a line of 8.5 for Scott to tell us about. Yeah, so for this one, I know that Montgomery was really good last time out, and I know that the Cardinals actually won a game for once with him, so congratulations. That was his first win in about three months. Uh, but looking at this matchup here, I got to go with the Giants. Just simply put, the Cardinals, once again, it's a broken record, but they can't be minus 140. I can't, I can't handle these lines. The Cardinals are not a good baseball team. We saw it again yesterday. They lost again. Like It's just who they are. I, I can't ignore the fact that the Cardinals keep getting overvalued by the odds makers when they're 13 games under 500. Uh, even Discofani pitched well last time out. Unfortunately, he got outdueled by Stroman, but he still looked good in that overall outing. I know that you can make an argument the Cardinals might win the game, but I can't lay 140 with this team. I got to take the Giants on principle. Um, did it. Yeah, I was able to grab an er uh, eight earlier in the day. I took that over. Uh, I still like an eight and a half what it is right now. I made my total 8.8. .8. I agree with Scott. You, you can't back the Cardinals just because, especially with Montgomery, it just seems like every time he's on the mound, they can't get him run support. Besides, he uh, the Reds hit lefties pretty well. Uh, 
And Cardinals have lost 10 straight before that one that one good start Montgomery made against the Rays. The Cardinals lost 10 straight of his start. So, um, you know, I, I just can't back him. I do think Montgomery and Discofani are both good to give up some runs here. Plus, you got winds blowing out into right field. It is a hitter's ballpark. Overs are profitable in St. Louis. So I'm going to go over eight and a half in this one. Um, I've got a question for both of you two. Once I've given my... Uh, to Penneth on this one. Um, yeah, I knew, Scott, you'd be way out on the cards uh, before we even started handy, handicapping this. Both pitchers are struggling. Um, uh, Ryan Helsley, uh, St. Louis Closer, went on the uh, IL today. I had a brief giggle because I thought it was uh, Insano's Closer from his team, but it, he, I checked it was Ryan Presley. It was just someone who sounded like he had the same name. Uh, so that backfired a little bit. St. Lucian have lost eight of ten. And my question is, they've lost five of the last six by one run. Now, is that the sign of an unlucky team or is that the sign of a bad team? I think it's a mix. Uh, I, I think at the okay. end of the day, when it comes down to close losses, you can argue that it's fluky in some aspects. Seattle was yeah. insanely good in one-run games the last year or two, and this year not so much. So I think there's some variance involved where I'm not sure if you can read into you know, make an argument they're better than Oakland because Oakland lost games by 15 runs. They were only losing games by one run. But still, at the end of the day, you got to win games. And the Cardinals just don't win games. Their bullpen's been a mess. I've said it several times, but I will say it again. If they potentially don't turn it around, and I'm skeptical of that, I think Marmol gets fired before August. Hmm. I don't think that he's going to keep his job for the entire season. Now, the only thing saving him right now is the fact that the NL Central is so bad that in theory, the Cardinals are still in the hunt because if they finish at 500, maybe they'll win the division. But they're just a bad team, just, just simply put. So to answer your question, I don't think less or more of them based on how many runs they lose by on average. I just don't think they're a good team because they lose more than they win. As simple yeah, as that Yeah, that sounds. makes sense. Um, I, I will accept uh, that answer, Scott. Um uh, questionable bets uh, joined us in the chat. Good evening, QB1. How are you doing? Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you wanted a little bit of St. Louis uh, at uh, now or at the All-Star break, if you think they get back to 500, win the division, uh, Edge Boost would be a tremendous way um, of getting involved because you can uh, you can use their $2,500 in betting advances, uh, get that increased bankroll. You won't have your money tied up till the end of the season. Um, let you uh, play the St. Louis Cardinals at a nice price. Um, you can create a middle or even a hedge if you have another team in that division. Um, edge boost charge zero interest, um, which is a great way of accessing money. Not many places you can access uh, money to place on your favourite bets without paying any interest. Edge boost can be part of a responsible gambling plan as you set up daily, weekly, monthly limits across all of your betting accounts in one place. Um, so support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 or older. Problem gambler, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Next up is... I'll tell you in a minute, my laptop. Wait, did you give your thoughts on the game or did you just... Uh, I don't think I did. The answer is over eight and a half runs. Oh, Both pitches stink. Yeah, uh, short and sweet. Uh, well, thanks for reminding me, though, Scott. 7.05 Eastern first pitch is the Toronto Blue Jays and the Baltimore Orioles. We have Jose Barrios uh, going for Toronto, and the pitcher for Baltimore will be Kyle Bradish. Um, close on the books, minus 115 on the Blue Jays, minus 105. Baltimore total of nine. Dylan, tight one. How did you split it? Yeah, give me the home puppy here. Uh, I took the Orioles on the money line. I got them at even money. I made them a minus 120 favorite against the Blue Jays. We said it a few times now. Jose Barrios is a much different pitcher on the road than at home. You got to back him when he's at home and not on the road. Uh, and I'm a, a fan of Kyle Bradish, especially at home. He's only had one poor start at home, and that was back in April. Since then, Orioles are 3-0 in his home starts, and he hasn't allowed more than one run. So I think he can have success against his Blue Jay team who, you know, they didn't look good last time they faced the Orioles. They got swept going into fade Barrios here on the road. I'll take the Orioles short dog. Um. I found these two teams a little bit like uh, Milwaukee and Minnesota. I find them quite similar in their makeup, even though one team is having uh, much greater success than the other currently. Scott, how did you see this one? 
So for this one, I actually kind of lean to the under in this game, uh, first five under especially. Barrios' overall road numbers are not good, but his last couple road outings, he's actually been very good. Uh, the last three road outings he's had, he has pitched 18 and two-thirds, given up a total of two runs allowed. So even though his overall road numbers aren't great, last three road starts, he's actually been really good. He's allowed less than three earned in each of his last four outings. So Barrios might have turned a corner, and Bradish has been very good at home lately. His last three home starts, he has gone 19 and a third innings pitched, three total runs allowed, only two earned. So both pitchers have been really good. Under these circumstances, I'm actually going to go with the first five under between these teams. It's intimidating because both teams have a lot of firepower, but I like the current form of these pitchers. I'm going to go with the under in the first five. Um, you pointed out, Scott, the, the the stats that I felt were the key to this game and those were those last three starts uh, for Barrios. And he's faced relatively tricky opposition as well. Houston, the Mets nominally should be better. Uh, the Twins, the Rays and the Yankees. Um, he hasn't been fit. It's not... It's not Washington, Oakland, uh, Colorado type situation. Um, so, yeah, I think that was enough for me. Baltimore do have some firepower. Uh, Gunnar Henderson hitting 526 in the past week. Uh, that's a big number. But I just, I thought Toronto, I know it's kind of getting into a little pattern here where I'm, I'm, I'm caught put Baltimore in perma fade. I'm almost to try and back up what I've said about him for the last three or four weeks. That's not the case. I am calling it game by game. Um, and I think uh, the Blue Jews and Burrios uh, are in a good spot tomorrow. Uh, we will move on to a ooh, top left situation. It is New York Yankees and the New York Mets, 7-10 Eastern first pitch. Uh, New York Yankees have uh, Garrett Cole on the hill and the New York Mets have Justin Verlander going. Uh, stellar looking matchup on paper minus 105 on the Yankees minus 115 on the Mets total of 7.5 um, I'll take this one before I'll let you two fight it out Garrett Cole 7-1 and one, 284 ERA recovered from two wobbly starts uh, with his last two have been really good um, even though we managed to get him beat uh, by Boston uh, the back end of last week uh, Boston won that game three to two, so we did get him beat, but he he pitched well in that game. And um, Verlander's struggling. To, well, he's two and three on the year, four eighty five oh, ERA. Sorry, do you know who uh, homered in that game against Garrett Cole? Was it Devers? Possibly, yes, it was. Yep. It was. Yeah, Rocker, right. You I, called I it. Yeah, Devers has owned him historically. Homered again. Against yeah, him. yeah. Did you I hear what Cole said after the game too? No. He goes, yeah, he goes, I don't know. I've never had a guy that have this much success against me in my whole career. He just hits bombs off of him. I said it in passing but, on Friday, but I'm like, Devers owns him. We'll probably hit another yeah. home run, and he hit a home yeah. run in the sixth inning. So, yeah. But, See, pe people think this shit's just thrown together, Scott. It's uh, it's very deeply researched. Um, Verlander has been struggling, but his better starts have been at home, and it's not even close, really. He's got a decent record historically against the Yankees. It's really hard to trust either lineup because the Yankees are suffering a little bit with injury, and Scott's already mentioned struggling to hit. And we know Dylan's about to tell us uh, how bad the Mets have been. Um, this, for me, came down to the following statement I trust Garrett Cole more than I trust Justin Verlander. Um, similar prices. For me, it's a New York Yankees at minus 105, Dylan. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. There's no way the Mets should be favored. I don't care who's on the mound, especially against Garrett Cole. I made the Yankees a minus 125 favorite. I took the Yankees at minus 105, so it's perfect for me. We got swept by the Braves and the Blue Jays and just lost 2 or 3 to the Pirates. Things are not going well. Bullpen is just bad. Bucks making bad decisions, while Yankees, they have the best bullpen in the league. Even if... Uh, if they just give Cole two to three runs, I think that's enough. That's all they need to win. Verlander and Scherzer are so inconsistent. It's hard, it's hard for me, especially, to have confidence in guys who are just up and down, up and down. So Yankees are just a much better ball team. Even without Judge, I think they get the job done. I'm going to fade uh, Verlander. Give me the Yankees. Dylan, do you think Daniel Vogelback will be worried about uh, what's going to be left in the canteen now that they've signed Luke Voigt? Oh, they should be both guys who, uh, and it, it always bothered me why they unbuttoned their shirts too much. Both of them. <laughs> and the first person I saw do that was Mike Napoli. Napoli uh, had like no buttons going down the entire time. It's, it's cringe, but, uh, yeah, he should be on his way out if he isn't already soon. But, uh, I don't think Luke Voigt helps at all. Anyway, he sucked on Milwaukee. So 
If I had the body for it, I would definitely be unbuttoned shirt guy. My personality screams unbuttoned shirt, but <laughs> as I've said before, I've got the body like a dropped lasagna, and the two things just don't go very well. Um, right, so we've got two votes for the Yankees here. Scott, what are you telling me? Yeah, I'm just going to go with what's worked for me. On Sunday night on YouTube, I gave out the Yankees team total under four and a half, and it went to extras, and I didn't even care. I wasn't sweating it at all. Uh, they scored two runs on a fluke ground ball single up the middle that hit second base and bounced over the infielder. They can't score. Just simply put, the Yankees can't hit. And you're looking at the main reasons why. Obviously, Judge's injury has completely left a massive hole in the middle of the order. But if we're even looking at on-base percentage, they're one of the worst teams at actually getting on base in the entire league. I know Verlander's numbers this season are not good. Last two home starts, though, he has actually been decent. And to read off the last two home starts, uh, it's six innings, one run against Toronto, eight innings, one run against Cleveland. So he has pitched well in City Field lately. And the Yankees historically, I can tell you this as a fan and through statistics, yeah, we never hit Verlander, ever. Uh, the active batters have 144 career at-bats against them, 154 uh, plate appearances, including the walks, 279 on base percentage against Verlander. They never touch him. Just give me the Yankees team total under. This team can't hit. I'm going to keep fading it. <laughs> um, this should make a move for um, Aaron Hicks, Scott. He's got a 10-game oh hitting streak. Going. Yeah, I, I read that. Yes, yeah, Aaron Hicks, you know, switch hitter. He'd, he'd fit right in with uh, next to Bowers. That's a power, you know, it's a power duo yeah. in the outfield. But, yeah, I, I wonder if uh, Dylan realized, though, that they're probably going to platoon of Voigt and Vogelbach for the lefty for the potential lefty-righty matchups. Oh, I just don't want to see it at all. I'm just saying, vo that might be the case. They might just platoon them for the lefty-righty pitching yeah. spots. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But I'll, I'll go with the team total under. The Yankees, both teams can't hit, so I'm going to stay away from the side because whichever team scores three runs might win. I'm going to lean to the under, but the Yankees can't hit, and Verlander's been good at home. I'll keep going with the Yankees team total under until it fails me. Uh, definitely uh, two guys who haven't missed many dinners. Uh, Voigt and Vogel back. 7-10 Eastern first pitchers. The Colorado Rockies at the Boston Red Sox. Left-handed pitcher Austin Gomba goes for Colorado. And Garrett Whitlock does start for Boston. We have lines of plus 195 on those feisty Rockies. Uh, minus 233 uh, Boston in Whitlock with a total of 9.5. Scott Whitlock is a minus 233 favourite. Yeah, just, just give me the Red Sox team total over. Uh, I'm not going to overthink this one. Last episode or last time Gomber was pitching, I gave out the Padres team total over, and I think that cashed in like five innings because Gomber's just really bad. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if getting Gomber was worse than giving up $50 million in the Arenado trade, but it's close because Gomber's been really bad for Colorado. But I'm going to go with the Red Sox here. They're just a very good offensive team. I wasn't shocked they kind of no-showed the game on Monday. Game after having the Sunday night game traveling from New York, it was not a great scheduling spot. I actually like the Rockies in that spot at like plus 215. I think they'll get back on track in general. Red Sox are still a great offensive team. The Rockies' bullpen's a mess. The rotation's a mess. Gomber's really bad. The Red Sox have a lot of power from both sides, but you have the green monster in right. I mean, in left. I, I do think the Red Sox go over their team total here. I don't trust Whitlock enough to be laying this big of a number. I think Red Sox probably win, but just give me the team total over. I'll keep fading Gomber. Uh, yeah, that handicap for the Monday night game was uh, the one that everybody was on um, in, in these parts anyway in, in took Colorado. I've got the same pick where Boston team total was my pick, pretty straightforward. Um, they have scored three runs um, or less in the last five starts. Uh, it's a bit of a drawback, but uh, Dr. Gomber, uh, should be able to sort that out for them. Um, Dylan? It's at five and a half, the team total. Does that scare you a little, Scott or Malcolm, or no? No, nah. I took the Padres uh, last night. <laughs> they can't hit either, and they scored yeah. like nine runs on that game. That, no, that, I'm good with it. That's fair. Uh, I, I grabbed the nine earlier in the day. Even at a nine and a half, I still like the over. Made my total 10.4. Just just look at the games Gomber has started lately. Nine, six, six, four, 11, 10, 11, six. They're just shootouts whenever he's on the mound. So. Are those all losses, by the way? Or do they actually win any of those games? <laughs> three, three of the two. are. I didn't want to say it, but three okay. out of the four are losses. Yeah, they okay. won the six to four one. But uh. You know, Boston, they also smash at home and the over in Fenway this season, 21-12-1. So going to be a very windy night in Boston. Got 10-mile-an-hour winds blowing out into center field. I think we see some runs in the game. I like your team total, and I also like the over in the game. 
Okay, I'm going to make a second attempt at telling you about bird dogs. Uh, bird dogs can make you look good. Um, Luke Voigt and Daniel Vogelback swear by them. Never seen without a pair of bird dog shorts on. Stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Beautiful. Um, they fit way better than regular shorts, made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Um, I mean, what, what else do you need to know about Bird dog shorts, they'll, they'll make you look good all summer long. Um, they'll, will, uh, they'll eliminate a little bit of chafing. I'm, uh, I suffer from the chafing. I've very often got a jar of Vaseline on the go uh, for various reasons. And yeah, bird dog shorts are the place to be this year. If you go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter the promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Okay, that was good. That was better than last night. So when you by say the end a of the variety week. of reasons, by the way, does that mean like in case you get into a fight on the street, need some Vaseline to cover up any cuts? Like what does that mean? That is one of the reasons, Scott. Yeah, uh, okay, just making sure. Yeah, I, yeah. Let's uh, we'll move on, shall we? Uh, Eight oh five Eastern first pitch between the LA Angels. I didn't think anyone would pick up on that. I think anyone listens to the ad reads. I thought I'll get away with that one. Uh, and then you're straight in. Um, LA Angels against the Texas Rangers. We have two left-handed pitchers um, who are Reed Detmers for the Angels and Andrew Heaney for Texas. Minus 125 on the Angels. Sorry. Plus 125 on the Angels. Minus 145 on Texas. And a total of 10, um, which is ho- Bigger than I'd hoped, to be honest, because my pick is going to be the over here. Um, Reed Detmers, he's, I thought he'd pitch better than his record suggests. One and five, 479 ERA. Maybe it's a recency bias. He, he threw his best start of the season last time out against the Cubs. Um, he has been worse on the road and has one start against Texas this year, where he pitched four innings, gave up seven hits and two walks and three earned runs. So I fear he could suffer a little bit. Um, he needs to start to put it together. Um, he needs to improve his home form. Um, so until he does that, and I have seen it, I don't want to be taking Texas particularly. I didn't, again, as per usual, I handicapped this before I saw the number. The 10 is bigger than I'd hoped. Um, I still think the over is the safest option. This could definitely be a shootout. Uh, Shohei Otani now has a nine-game hitting streak. We mentioned that last night. So um, some Otani props. I know they're talking a little bit about load management. Um, the NBA gambling podcast's favorite, uh, one of their favorite topics is load management. Well, there's, there's a lot of it not- now because the, se- the season's over. So there's a lot of load management to go around for the next couple months. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there is. Uh, the need the, the Vaseline, Scott. Um, yeah. Angels will, um, yeah, the, the, there's been noises out of the Angels camp today that they might do something with Otani. Uh, but yeah, my pick's going to be over 10 and I'm going to let someone else talk now. Scott, tell us about this. Game. Yeah, I'm on the over as well. Uh, Detmers had the no-hitter. That was the peak of his MLB career. He wasn't very good before that. He was not very good after that. But all the stars aligned for one night, and he had a no-hitter. So, yeah, I'm not the biggest Detmers guy. Crazy game last night. Shout-out to Otani for two home runs, including that no-doubt shot to opposite field, which went like 460 feet. Crazy home run there. Uh, Shout-out to Simeon, by the way. He went 0 for 7 for the first time in his career yesterday. So, unfortunate for him. What was he on, like a 30-game hit streak like last week, and then he went 0 for 7? Not a good combo there, but I'm on the over. It's Texas at home. They're averaging roughly seven runs at per home game. I don't like either pitcher. I like both offenses. It's pretty simple for me. I'll be on the over. Yeah, fair enough. I had the Texas run line as my dog, which they had a six-run lead at one point. I was laughing. Yeah. Uh, ultimately came to nothing. Dylan, um, Angels at Rangers. Yeah, I agree on the over. I set my total at a 10.1. I do think we'll see runs here, but give me the Rangers here on the money line. Minus 134. Took them, uh, made them a minus 150 favorite. I can't believe they blew the game last night, but yeah, you got to shout out Otani. That home run was never in doubt, and you could feel it. Once he hit the first one, the comeback was coming. So uh, I can't back the Angels or Detmers in this spot. I don't trust him, especially on the road against this lineup. The Angels have lost Detmers' last four starts on the road. And the last time he faced the Rangers, the Angels lost 10-1, and he gave up three runs in four innings. I, I just don't think this is a good spot for them. I think this is a good bounce-back spot for the Rangers, actually. So I'll take a shot with them, and I also lean over with you guys. 
next is the 8.05 Eastern first pitch where we have both pitches, TBD, therefore no odds. But I do know that Dylan has some things to tell us about it. It's Pittsburgh Pirates at Chicago Cubs. Nominally, I have seen, and I think we all agree that it's Dick Mountain Day. We have Rich Hill taking on Drew Smiley. Um, after that, I've got nothing. Dylan, um, handle this for us. Yeah, so I got Drew Smiley going for the Cubs and Rich Hill going for the Pirates. I made the Cubs a minus 150 favorite, plus 150 for the Pirates, and I made my total 8.3. So, you know, if, if we could get a nice plus price here with the with the Pirates, I probably could see myself on them. The Cubs are just not a team I want to be backing right now, only if Stroman is on the mound. But the Cubs, they're not even a 500 team at home where the Pirates, they seem to be playing good baseball to, this past week, 7-3 and three in their last 10 and they hit lefties pretty well. I'm also a fan of Rich Hill this season. I got a uh, and I got a Cy Young ticket, fourteen to one on him a few weeks ago. I don't know how much that's going to go, but uh, you know he's been much better on the road than at home this season. Oh, wait, only- I'm sorry. Hang on a second. Rich Hill was fourteen to one to win the Cy Young. Yeah, about what um- year is it? It's like, <laughs> two, it's like 2015. What? I okay. know. I just had to. After he had that one good start, I was like, oh, I'll just throw a few bucks on Rich Hill. I <laughs> love it, Dill. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Rich Hill. I think he's much better on the road than at home. Uh, like I said, he's only had that one bad start on the road against the Giants. But outside that, he's been solid. So you got to imagine the Cubs will open up maybe. A, may, I favored him a little more, but you got to uh, imagine they'll open up as the favorite at home. So I'll probably be on the Pirates here if I could get plus money. Um. Uh, Scott, anything on this? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with Dick Mountain in this one. Uh, he's been good. I'm not sure if he's been 14-1 to 1 Cy Young good, but he's been good this season. But it's mostly just Pittsburgh being a better team than Chicago. Felt like Chicago's season kind of ended when Bellinger got hurt because he was actually having a good year. Besides Wisdom and Stroman, is there really anything to like about this team? Like, I, no, I, I saw so the, in, I think in the D-Gen's league this week, I see a Suzuki. Um, was ditched. I don't think he's injured, is he? I think that was just a, he's just not doing it. And he was kind of one of their great hopes. Yeah, but the point is, I love I love Stroman. I'll watch Stroman every time he pitches. He's just a phenomenal pitcher this season. And I'm hoping a contender trades for him. But besides, you know, him and wisdom, I don't really think this team has much talent. Yeah, Morrill's a good call, Trevor. He's been good too. So that's a fair point. But that's the point. When you're talking about basically three guys who have been a reason to watch a team, and nobody else is worth a damn, I'm not going to pick you. Like, I think that Hill's been good this season. Smiley's been okay. He almost had a no-hitter, and then his catcher ran him over. But still, I'm going to go with the (laughs) Pirates in this game. I just think that you're probably going to get a good price with them, and Hill's been good. So give me Pittsburgh. I have no lines on this. I wrote two words next to my notes here. Take Pittsburgh is all it says. Um, And I pretty much, that's you two have backed me up on that, so... Um, I don't need to expand on it. 8-10, Eastern first pitch. Cincinnati Reds at the Kansas City Royals. Uh, ben Lively uh, goes for the Reds. And um, Daniel Lynch takes the ball for Kansas City. The lines are minus 120 on the Reds. Uh, even money, plus 100 on the Royals with a total set at nine. Um, I accidentally didn't watch Ben Lively uh, in his last start. So I missed one, Scott. Uh, you can tell us how he went. Uh, so his last start, uh, looking at the actual numbers here for Lively, he was, well, I mean, I, I guess you can say he pitched like Ben Lively was supposed to because he got killed. Uh, six yeah. and two thirds, seven earned runs. So I don't, I'm not saying you jinxed him or not, but you might be Ben Lively's good luck charm. But last two starts, yeah, he has been really bad. <laughs> um, 13 and two thirds innings pitched, 12 uh, earned runs allowed, 16 hits allowed, five home runs allowed. So he can't keep the ball in the ballpark, which is a problem. So maybe if you want to take a Salvador Perez home run prop, I wouldn't mind it because Lively's giving up bombs left and right. But for this one, I'm going to be on the over. I don't like Lynch either. I know that he had some promise in previous years. This year, not so much. True, this Kansas City had a lot of promising pitchers, and it feels like none of them have actually turned out properly. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the over in this one. I don't trust either bullpen. I don't really trust either starter. If one of these teams would score eight runs, I wouldn't totally be shocked. So I'll take the over. I'm hoping for like a 7-6, some type of wild game. But give me the over. Lively, I liked. But every now and then you see a guy show up who overachieves, and then he hits a massive wall, and he gets buried for about a month straight. 
I think Lively's in that period right now. So maybe Kansas City team total over if you want to fade him. But I'm on the over. I just see runs in this game. Fair yeah, I mean, no, uh, Dylan. Yeah, no real feel, uh, real good feel for this game. I only made the Reds a minus 105 favorite, and I need a little more plus price to be on the Royals. So it's either going to be a pass or maybe take the first five over, depending on the number we see. But I can see both pitchers giving up a few runs early on. Like, look at Lively's last two starts, seven runs, five runs given up, and Daniel Lynch on the other end, he just gives up too much hard contact to fully be confident backing him. Uh, Reds, they hit lefties well, 270 on the year. So I can see runs early in this game, but, yeah, first five over is kind of really the only way I play this game. And, of course, all the Dela Cruz props as well. Um. Yeah, I completely agree with Scott about Ben Lively and that he'd had his time, he'd started okay, but it looks like regression is starting to bite him now. The only thing I'd say about Lynch is that he hasn't pitched much this season. Is this maybe just his fourth start or something? Um, and I do think he's got a good start in him um, and it, it might just be coming. I'm going to take Kansas. Yeah, I really struggled to find an angle and this was horrible. Really, really horrible. I'm going to take Kansas at even money without feeling great about it. They're only hitting um, 215. Um, in the midst of this nine-game losing streak that they're on. Um, but if they if they are going to win one, and they will win sooner or later, um, a home game with Ben Lively as the up looks like a, a reasonable opportunity. I like how you said they've lost nine straight, and it feels like it's the fifth time this season they've lost nine straight. It tells you how bad <laughs> they are, you know? Yeah, it's not a million miles away. Uh, Washington Nationals at the Houston Astros where Josiah Gray goes for the Nationals and Fran Bavaldez, left-handed pitcher, goes for Houston. Plus 215 on the Nats, minus 260 on Houston. Total of seven and a half. Dylan, we're quite fond of Josiah Gray. Plus 215, interesting. Yeah, when you were on vacation, I found myself back in Josiah Gray a lot, and I saw you in the comments saying Nationals. But, uh, yeah, this one was a rough game to make. Uh, My numbers are telling me to take the Nationals, but... I don't know. I'm just a little weary and hesitant to take them. Jojo Gray, he has been great on the road this season. He's only allowed more than two runs on the road once to the D-backs, and they lost that game 3-1. You know, it's all going to come down to if the Nationals can give him run support. They could give him three, four runs. I I do think the Nationals are live in this game. Astros aren't aren't hitting the best against righties, and the Nationals smash lefties. Even though Valdez has been great at home, he did just give up three runs in his last start to the Blue Jays. So I, I could see a lower game. If uh, if I were able to get an eight, I'd go under that. But no real feel on the game. It's going to either be dog or the under for me. Um, yeah, I think I found myself almost having to take the dog. Um, as great as Valdez has been, um, the fact that Josiah Gray is more than competitive, um, he's been excellent on the road, and the Nats are hitting left-handed pitching. They are very much in the game. Um, and if they're going to be in the game, plus 215, I thought it was a mad price. Um, so, I'll, yeah, I'll be taking the, the big dog here, Scott. Yeah, so my favorite play on the Tuesday card is actually going to be my play of choice here for the Wednesday card as well. Uh, I got the Nationals team total over 2.5 in this game. Uh, you're looking at the actual total and what it should be. It's around 7.5 with the Astros being minus 260. So the team total is going to be 2.5 for the Nationals. Now, I liked it a lot more for Tuesday because Hunter Brown's pitching and a team total of two and a half against Hunter Brown is just disrespectful, so I'm going to take it anyway. But I have to at least be tempted by the Nationals team total over in this game because the Nationals have quietly been really good at scoring on the road. In fact, the Nationals currently rank ninth in the league in runs per game on the road. They're averaging 4.84 runs per road game, which is kind of absurd, which nobody's talked about, but they're getting a guaranteed nine of bats. They've been pretty good against lefties. Valdez is incredible. I get it. Like I, I know how good Valdez is, and I know that he can come out and pitch a gem. But a team total of two and a half with nine guaranteed bats just seems absurd to me. And once again, the Nationals have been solid on the road. So it's not a great spot. I think that Houston uh, will be in a bit of a war in this game. I think it's going to be tough one way or another. Maybe Nationals plus one and a half if you want to be extra safe about it. But I don't mind that team total over two and a half. I just feel like that's a bit of a total that should be reserved against elite, elite pitchers. Valdez is good, so that makes sense. But I just think at the end of the day, Houston's allowed three-plus runs in seven straight games. I'll take the Nationals team total over two and a half. 
Yeah, Scott, it's at three at even money right now on Caesars. Do you sell that like means that? if yeah, that means if you shop around, you could probably find it at two and a half at like minus one thirty, minus one forty. Mm-hmm. I'll take that approach instead. Um, I am. I've got a few bullets to fire tonight, so, so I'm going to take that Nationals team total um, for this for this Tuesday game. I'll uh, I'll take your lead there and invest it was a on that. That's that's a warning, but I still liked it too. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm happy. Uh, Nine forty first pitch, Cleveland Guardians at San Diego Padres. Aaron Savale for the Guardians and Michael Wacker will go to the hill for San Diego. Plus one twenty on the Guardians, minus one forty on the Padres with a total of eight. And Aaron Savali has now started four games, came to the season late, uh, two and one with a 2.31 ERA. Um, two of those four games have gone scoreless. Quite a nice surprise, actually, for Savali. I wasn't sure uh, quite what to expect for him. Um, Michael Wagner has been lights out lately. Um, 117 ERA in his last five, probably San Diego's best pitcher. Um, he's got a 0.69 ERA against AL Central. However, the Padres are too short because they don't win enough. So minus 140, um, I wasn't keen. Talking about bets that you're going to back on consecutive nights, I said last night, uh, Cleveland-San Diego, um, it's a classic Cleveland game. They're either going to win 4-1 or they're going to lose 4-1. And that's kind of how I feel about this game as well. Um, Not much offence. I do think San Diego will probably win, uh, but Cleveland will run them close because that's Cleveland's um, MO at the moment. I think the under rate uh, is a reasonable play, Scott. Yeah, I'm on the under as well. Uh, just simply put, I don't exactly trust either offense in this game to do enough to actually win. So I'm not going to pick either team to win. We've talked about how bad Cleveland's offense has been for a while, and San Diego's offense can't hit with guys on base. So that doesn't really change anything. But I do think both pitchers have been surprisingly good. Savali hasn't allowed a run on the road yet. 12 innings pitch, no runs allowed on the road. And Waka has been solid. So I'll be on the under as well. I'll dare Cleveland to wake up offensively. And if one team does, if one team scores, for example, like six, there's no guarantee the other team even scores two. So I'm going to be on the under. This total feels a bit high. Uh, Dylan, team right? Yeah, it got to be a team right. I didn't like this game. I probably won't be betting it, but if I did, it's going to be either an under or a pass. I didn't want to touch either side. I don't want to lay minus 140 with the Padres. I'd rather root for no runs. I made my line 7.7. At least these teams are good for one thing. It's just relying on the under. The under in San Diego is 11-22 and 22 at home for the Padres this year, and Savali hasn't wait, been terrible. Wait, since- so you mean the under is 22-11, and 11, right? Yeah, but the way that they they set the way they put it out is eleven and twenty two towards the under. Uh, okay, but you you I, know you know what I mean. I, I, was, I was just making sure that, that okay, so it's like sixty six percent or something to the yeah under. okay yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, Savali, like I said, he hasn't been terrible since coming back, especially on the road. Small sample size, but in his two starts on the road, he hasn't given up a run in 12 innings, and both of those games went way under the total. So Padres are only hitting 216 off of righties, and we have two top six bullpens in the league going at it. I think we see a lower-scoring game. So, yeah, team ride on the under. 9.40 Eastern first pitch is the Tampa Bay Rays at the red-hot Oakland Athletics where Tyler Glasnow goes for Tampa Bay and Lewis Medina takes the ball for Oakland. Minus 280 on the Rays, plus 235 on Oakland. I do not have a total. Um, I think there probably was one and I just forgot to write it down. Uh, Scott, um, you are you riding the A's? Unfortunately, no. Uh, I will give them props for winning yesterday. Uh, I actually thought they were kind of live because F1's road numbers are not very good. But Medina's been brutal, uh, just simply put. They tried to go full youth movement or tank job, whatever you want to call it, for Oakland. And now it seems like they might have turned a little bit of a corner there because they couldn't have gotten much worse. The problem is a lot of the guys in the rotation probably wouldn't be in the rotation on any other roster. I don't think Medina's ready to be in the pros. I I think he's a triple-A guy all the way, and they're just letting him learn through punishment, uh, hoping that he you know, (laughs) takes his beatings and learns from there the next time he gets called up. But I don't think he's an MLB pitcher, at least at this stage in his career. He might be able to turn it around, but as of right now, I can't trust him. Glasnow came back, and he's been really good. And just because Oakland won one game against Tampa and they've been surging a bit, doesn't mean I'm suddenly going to ignore the drastic pitching advantage and statistical advantage and roster advantage and managing advantage. I got to go with Tampa run line here. Medina's just been that bad, and Glass now has been good. I'll go with Tampa run line here. 
yeah, seems pretty straightforward. Dylan, any thoughts? Yeah, d- another one. Tough one to get to value in, but you don't want to lay this big of a number with the Rays on the money line or even the run line. So uh, I look towards the team total. Uh, if you could get a four and a half, I'd really like that. But I'm seeing some fives. I still I still like it. And, you, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. The A's are on a nice little win streak, six wins in a row, just grinding out wins. So, hey, they might be better than the Royals at this moment, but I, I, I do think the Rays could score some runs in this game off Medina. He had one good start in his last outing against the Marlins, but every other game he's allowed three or more runs in every start, including seven, six, and five runs. So the Rays still have a potent offense. I trust them to go over this team total. We also have eight-mile-an-hour winds blowing out into center field. So, if anything, I'll be on the race team total over. Um, I don't know if you noticed, did it? But our mate, uh, Ken Waldichuk, got the save last night. First wow. career save. And get this, it was a nine-out save. Wow. They weren't mucking about. <laughs> they just put him in and let him go for it. A nine-out save for Ken Waldichuk. Um, this might have been my start of the day, but I think I've got a better one coming up later on. Um uh, Estuary Ruiz stealing all the bags for Oakland. He has 31 stolen bases this year. Colorado Rockies have 26 stolen bases. Uh, so he's outrunning the Rockies all by himself. Um, as far as a pick for this, nothing other than Tampa Bay Rays on the run line, unfortunately. Um, I think their run comes to an end. 9.40 Eastern first pitch, the Philadelphia Phillies at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ranger Suarez, left-handed pitcher for Philadelphia. And Merrill Kelly, will go for Arizona, who are a minus 130 favourite at home. The Phillies are plus 110 with a total. I've seen range in here from eight and a half up to nine and a half. So you can uh, you can make your own totals up on this one. Uh, Dylan, uh, decent looking game. There's two, two informed teams. Yeah, this is one of my favorite plays for tomorrow. Give me the D-backs on the money line, minus 115. I made them a minus 140 favorite, and I do expect money to come in on them as the game gets closer. You know, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They have the best record in the National League. You know, Mal, before the season started, we were laughing at you. We're not laughing anymore. You know, your ticket's looking good. So I, I got they're a wagon right now. I got to back them here at home. Kelly's numbers at home aren't as bad as they look. Batters are only hitting 184 off of him. He has 52 strikeouts at home. The problem is he's given up seven home runs and 20 walks. The good thing for him, though, is that the Phillies don't take a lot of walks. They got a lot of swing and miss, guys. So I would maybe look towards a Kelly's K prop. Maybe uh, if it's around seven, seven and a half, as well as an uh, out prop, if it's around 16, 17 and a half. I think Kelly could go six strong innings for the Snakes, win the game. Uh, not a big Ranger Suarez fan either, and Diamondbacks hit lefties well. So give me the Snakes here at home, minus 115. Uh, this was uh, one of my favorite games to handicap. Scott, what did you make of it? Yeah, it's really tough to go against uh, the Dimebacks right now. I had the team total over last night because it was Strom and Marte, and I don't know what the Phillies were trying to do pitching-wise yesterday, uh, but they gave up nine runs, so I appreciate it. But I I will point out, though, looking at the numbers, Kelly's been really bad historically against Philly. Uh, in fact, Philly's active batters in 44 career plate appearances have a 390 batting average and a 432 on base percentage. So the Phillies have kind of killed them in his career, so that is a bit concerning. And Suarez has been really good uh, the last couple of outings. Uh, He's allowed less than three earned in each of the last three starts. I might get cute with this one and take the Phillies' first five, maybe a Phillies team total over, because I do think Kelly's in line to struggle here. But I do think I'm going to go with Phillies' first five in this game. Uh, Suarez's recent form kind of intimidates me a bit, but I know how good Arizona is offensively, and I want nothing to do with the bullpen for either team. So give me the Phillies' team total over, once again, the on-base percentage for the entire Phillies team is, is north of 400 against Kelly in his career. That's good enough for me. Give me the Phillies team total over. Yeah, that's a great angle, Scott. I love that. Um, Ranger Suarez has shown a lot of improvement lately, and I think it was reasonable to expect that improvement as well. Or it certainly was for me. I quite like him. Um, but there's so much going for the Diamondbacks at the moment. Uh, Kelly... Uh, the D-backs have won all five of his last five starts. They just keep finding ways to win, uh, like we saw again last night. Um, and this is my stat of the day. They had seven two-out RBIs last night. So just when you think you've got them quietened down, you absolutely haven't. Um, they won the six of the last eight against Philadelphia. And um, this is their second six-game winning streak in 14 games. 
Um, so yeah, the, the D-backs really are genuinely hot. Um, and my pick was the same as Dylan's. Pretty straightforward is Arizona on the money line at minus one thirty. You know, Arizona uh, the, still plus three seventy-five to win the division. I'm sitting on my forty to one, Scott. I'm quite happy. I know, I know 40. you are. I'm talking about the rest of us. The, co- the co- <laughs> oh, we don't care. I'm just saying, no one cares over here. No, this this show is entirely about me. Did you not know that? <laughs> I had to be reminded. Um, Sorry. I'll sell you mine if you want. Plus 375. What does that work out? We do the maths. Send me a couple of hundred dollars and I'll bring you the ticket over. No problem. Um, let's have a look. The penultimate game tonight, 9.40 Eastern first pitch, is the Miami Marlins and the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Yuri Perez um, goes for Miami and Luis Castillo uh, will go for Seattle. Plus 165 on Miami and minus 185 on the Mariners with a total of seven. Um, I mean, Uri Perez, he's 20 years old and he is absolutely daily. Great to watch. Um, he's pitched 24 and one-third innings so far. Um, he's only given up five earned runs, 23 strikeouts to 11 walks. Uh, Miami doing really well as well. They've lost five of their last 18. I've given that stat out a little bit backwards, uh, like Dylan did with the other one. They've won 13 of their last 18, if you if you prefer. Um Castillo's been really good too. Um, he's, he has a 189 home These two lineups are lineups that can be quietened down by good pitching. Um, Ty France is going along well for Seattle as an eight game hitting streak. The number was a bit low. I've got, I've written down under and I've written down first five under. I wouldn't have minded another half a run, seven and a half would have been lovely. I could probably find it somewhere. Uh, and that was my initial lean, Dylan. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing you did the last time we recorded, Mal. I'm going to take the over 7, minus 110. I made my total 7.4, just a little too low for my liking. We saw the first game finish with nine runs. I think we could see a similar type game. I know Castillo has been great at home this season, but both teams have been scoring a decent amount of runs. Uh, Mariners last five games averaging five runs per game, while the Fish last five games they're averaging 3.8 runs per game. Uh, Perez, he has been going well. The kid, I think he's going to be a stud, but uh, I just think the number's a little too low, so I, I got to go over here, seven. Okay, so one over, one under. Scott, split the tie. I think for this one, I'm going to lean to Miami. I'm going to take a flyer with a good price. Uh, just simply put, Miami's been a solid team so far this season. Seattle got off to a slow start. They've gotten a little bit better lately, but they're still one game under. But 190, I, that's a that's a little bit too rich for my blood. Yeah. If we're expecting a low-scoring game where it's 3-2, something like that, I have not exactly been sold by Seattle's bullpen. So I do think that Miami can break through late. But once again, I think this line should be closer to 160. Give or take, I think Castillo should be a favorite. But 190 is a bit too much to ask for me. Maybe you, you want to be tempted by Miami plus, you know, one and a half runs, maybe a Seattle under in team total. But at the end of the day, I just think that this line is too big. I'll take the value play with the Marlins, a team that's seven over, and I can get them at plus 160. It's a pure value play for me. I'll lean to the Marlins. Yeah, that is one of my go-to plays, really. I wish I'd kind of been brave enough to that. If you see a total of seven... I always kind of lean to the dog just for the reasons you've you've put out there. Um, uh, Matthew Ennins has joined us. He says it's his first time that he's made the live chat. So you are very welcome, uh, Matthew. Get involved. It is lovely to have you. Uh, all the boys will make you feel welcome, I'm very sure. Uh, one more game tonight is a 10-10 Eastern first pitch between the Chicago White Sox and the LA Dodgers, where Mike Clevenger goes for the White Sox. Left-handed pitcher Clayton Kershaw will go for the LA Dodgers, who are minus 278. Get in. The White Sox are plus 235, and the total is 8.5. Uh, Scott, uh, finish us off. Um, yes. Yeah, so- I pretty much know what we're all going to pick here, I think. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not taking the White Sox. So, sorry if you're expecting a big <laughs> underdog. No. I gave out the Marlins last game, so that gave me a little bit of a, of a buffer there. But Clevenger I watched against the Yankees the other uh, last week. He was fine. Every pitch he throws looks like a balk when nobody's on base, but they don't call it because nobody's on base. So fascinating to watch him pitch. It looks like he's constantly like has a nervous tick every time he throws a pitch. But I'm going to go with Kershaw and the Dodgers in the run line here. Uh, Kershaw has been very good, especially at home this season. And Clevenger and the White Sox, once again, not a great team. But Kershaw at home, 1.45 ERA. 
He's been insane, and the last two starts, 14 innings, two total runs allowed. Uh, he's also gotten some run support. The Dodgers have scored at least five runs in each of his last four starts. He shut out the Reds uh, in his last start in Great American, which is an impressive showing there. He's had nine strikeouts in each of the last two games, too. So maybe if you want to make a case for Kershaw's strikeouts, I don't mind it. But I got to take the Dodgers in some capacity here. I just think that they're going to win this game comfortably. The White Sox aren't good. Uh, Clevenger is okay, but I don't like anything else about this team. Just give me the Dodgers with Kershaw on the run one. Um, Dylan, one for Dodgers on the run line. You're making it two? Yeah, it's either Dodgers run line or take the under nine. I mean, like Scott said, Kershaw has been great at home this season. Only five runs given up in a span of 30 innings, two walks. Batters are only hitting 180 off of him. So I think he's going to shut down the White Sox and get this Dodgers uh, team back in the win column. Kind of an up and down road trip for them. Scoring hasn't been the issue. It's their pitching and their bullpen is just awful. So, but back at home where, you know, they're much better at home than on the road. I do think this is a good spot for the Dodgers. So uh, yeah, that's how I kind of play the game, either an under or Dodgers uh, run line. Uh, Matthew has put a prop in the chat and simultaneously offended me all in one message. So <laughs> good effort there. Uh, Matthew's debut um, tip is a Kershaw K prop uh, for this one tomorrow. I watched Kershaw last week against the Reds and he was so professional. There, it was in the midst. There was quite a lot of excitement about the Reds. I think De La Cruz had just come up and... They did back the, off walk-off wins. They had like... Yeah, exactly, runs. yeah. And the, they were cooking. The, yeah, there was, there was more noise around the Reds and there's been... God, probably since I've been watching the game. And then Kershaw came out cold as ice and just absolutely closed it down. Like, it was pretty good to watch. Um, yeah, Dodgers run like It's minus 110 as well. Um, it's, a, it's a decent price, so... I'll happily take that. Um, not an awful lot else you can do. And that, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, has got us to the end of 15 games, uh, locks and dogs, and our um, edge boost double down play of the day. Um, and Dylan, do you want to lead us off? Yeah, I'll lead us off. Uh, for my lock, let's go to the desert. I'll take the snakes on the money line. It's at minus 120, minus 125 right now. I still like it. Like I said, I made the D-backs a minus 140. I just I just have to back them right now. They're a wagon. Uh, Kelly, he's been fantastic. And I'm just not a fan of Ranger Suarez. I know he's been, he's been better as of late, but D-backs, they hit lefties pretty well. So I think this is a good spot for them at home. I'll take the D-backs as my lock. As for my dog, I didn't really give out too many uh, plus money plays today, but uh, I feel like I just got to take the Nationals. It keeps calling yeah, my name. Yeah, Joe you Joe have. Ryan. I knew you were going to do that, Dylan. Yes. Plus 220. Yeah, I, I got to take the uh, Nationals here. You know, I, I agree. Uh, Valdez should be the favorite, but mine is 240, almost a $3 favor. I think that's a little ridiculous. Uh, Nationals, they smash against lefties. And if they could just get three, four runs, Give them a little run support. I do think they're live. So, yeah, give me the Nationals as my puppy for the day. Beautiful, Dylan. You never let me down. I love it. Uh, Scott, what have you got? All right. Uh, so for my walk on the show, I'm going to go back to a team total. I'm going to go with the Red Sox team total over, uh, probably five and a half against the Rockies. Simply put, I don't think Gomber's any good. And I had the team total over fading him last time out, and that cashed very easily. But you're looking at the overall numbers for Gomber, and he's got a 7.57 ERA and a 1.75 whip. Now, he's been a lot worse at home than on the road, but I want to at least read off some of these stats that he's had lately. Uh, four innings, 11 hits allowed, seven runs against San Diego. That started fading him in. Two and two-thirds, two runs allowed against Kansas City. Four innings, six runs allowed against the Mets. Five and two-thirds, three runs allowed against the Marlins. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, four and a third, five runs allowed against the Reds. And I think you get the point. The point is he's not very good. And if you want to talk about his only two appearances in June, six and two thirds, 17 hits allowed, four home runs allowed, 12.15 ERA. I'll take Boston team total over at home. Uh, you're looking at the Red Sox offensively. They're averaging 5.65 runs per home game, which is the fourth most in the league. I'll just fade Gomber and the entire Rockies pitching staff. Give me the, give me the uh, Red Sox team total over five and a half at around even money. I think Dylan said earlier in the show as my lock and for my dog, you know what? I'm just going to trust my instincts on what the price is. I keep roasting the odds makers for showing too much respect to the Cardinals. I'm going to take the giants. 
I'm not a big fan of Di Scalfani. I'm not afraid to admit it, but Montgomery, 1-10, in 10, or at least the Cardinals are in his last 11 starts. He was good last time out, but the Cardinals invent ways to lose. Malcolm mentioned they keep losing one-run games, which tells me their bullpen keeps blowing leads, or they might not be able to hold on to leads when they get it. So give me the Giants at a small plus price there against the Cardinals. It's mostly a principal play. You have a team that is around 500 against a team that's almost in last place in their division, and I can get plus money. I'll take the Giants, who are the better team. Okay, great cases, Scott. Love it. Um, my luck is going to come from the last game that we handicapped, and it can only be that Dodgers run line game. Um, probably a lot of it to do with the fact I sat down and watched that Clayton Kershaw start last time out, and just I can't have anything to do with Clevenger on the road at all. So uh, minus one ten looks acceptable. And for my dog, um, we've already cheered it home once uh, when Dylan announced it's got to be the Washington Nationals. Um, there was a couple of others that blew my skirt up a little bit, but nothing like this. Um, it's just it's a disparity in the prices. Uh, the fact that we do like Josiah Gray's being great on the road. And the Nats are OK, well, better than OK, against left-handed pitching. So they're very much going to be in this. And I think plus 215 uh, is a great price. So I will fill my boots on that. Um, I'm guessing you two boys would be watching the Mets and the Yankees starting in round about an hour? No, I got a birthday dinner. So oh, OK. We'll watch it for you. Dylan? Uh, yeah, probably be in, uh, in misery watching it. But yeah. You know. I saw you tweet before when the, the Mets had tweeted about their five-game homestand and you put that it would go 0-5. Well, I've, I've gone 4 and one, Dylan. I'm back in the Mets here. Hey, it's at your own cost. <laughs> I, can't, I can't responsibly tell people to back the Mets right now. They're, yeah, no, I can't do it. I'm sorry. But it's Joe Walter versus Boone. What more could you want? Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, well, perfect. Uh, well, enjoy your dinner, Scott. Um Dylan, enjoy the uh, enjoy the Mets. Thanks everyone who joined us in the chat. There was loads of new faces in there tonight. Um, genuinely makes my day uh, to see everybody in there. Properly perks me up. Um, I'll get back to me. Jara Basiline, uh, good luck with all your bets. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, and until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers.